Welcome to Readers and Writers, a podcast for those who love to read and for those who love to write. I'm Colin Smith with Unlocking the Bible, and we are at the Gospel Coalition Conference with plenty going on here in the exhibit stand. And with me is Brett McCracken, and we have the joy today of talking about a book that I absolutely love, Brett, Uncomfortable, the Awkward and Essential Challenge of Christian Community. Thanks so much for sparing us time um, uh, to talk about this. Now, let's talk first of all about your writing. Uh, uh, You teach and you write. How did you get into writing? Yeah, so in college, I went to Wheaton College as an undergrad, and I got involved in the student newspaper. And that's really where I cut my teeth as a writer, just as a journalist. I wrote film reviews for the student newspaper and kind of got experience writing for some magazines, Relevant Magazine early on, and Christianity Today back when they had a magazine called Campus Life. Right. So I just kind of got started freelancing pretty early, and then I started a blog uh, after I graduated from college. And um, I always tell aspiring writers, like, just the habit of writing is so important. So just start a blog, like, get in the habit of writing for the public, writing for an audience, um, and and then try to get some freelance experience, and that's what I did, and that's how I got started. It is a wonderful thing that there are so many more opportunities for yes. people to develop a gift of writing, and I love what you're saying. Just do it. Um, uh, you know, you can't wait until something's perfect. Just get something out, and then and then start developing. So, what is writing like for you? Do you write in long bursts, short bursts? How do you gather material? Yeah, so I have a full-time job, so I'm pretty busy, so I have to be very deliberate and intentional about finding a day where I can really just take four hours, just go to a coffee shop and focus on like hammering out a whole chapter or two of the book or writing an entire article in one sitting. So you have to be disciplined, I think, right. as a writer. Um, and if you're busy, uh, like I am, I have a job, I work in pastoral ministry with my church. Uh, you have to just find those hours wherever you can and just sit down and be really focused about um, setting goals. Like I would always have with this book, I would I had actually like a document with each chapter and the date that I wanted to have that chapter done with. You set yourself deadlines. I set deadlines for each chapter and it, it was a great way to keep on track so that I knew that I was never falling too far behind um, and I was staying kind of on pace to finish the book in time. It's interesting because um, uh, it's sometimes uh, suggested that people who are creative needs to be without boundaries but you're saying that creativity is actually helped by boundaries yeah. and I, I, I often think you know if there wasn't Sunday I, I would never produce a sermon. Right. It, it's the fact that that there's something, a deadline there that has to be met. And uh, so you have to bring the thing to some kind of conclusion. Yeah. No, I think that someone said the best creativity, the best art comes with limitations. Uh, when you have boundaries, when you have limitations that kind of foreclose every, like a lot of options and give you less, it makes you be more creative, I think. That has got to be an encouraging word that limitations are actually a help when it comes to... Yeah, there's some theological truth to that, I think, too. (laughs) I love that, yeah. Now, what drew you to this particular subject? Yeah, so I I work with Christian millennials, young adults a lot, uh, both at Biola University where I work and in in our church. uh, My wife and I work with young adults. And so I've just kind of seen some tendencies with uh, regard to how they view the church and and just how much consumerism has infiltrated the mindset, not only of millennials and young people, but all of us in America and Western culture. Uh, and we really do look at church like we look at everything as consumers um, through this lens of how does it fit me perfectly? How is it meeting me exactly where I'm at? What is it doing for me? You know, that's kind of the consumer approach. 
And I've just seen how um, that doesn't help your spiritual growth. It doesn't right. help to just be surrounded by people who look just like you, who affirm everything about you. To be at a church that fits you perfectly, um, like a consumer picks the you know the brand of toothpaste, whatever that fits you perfectly, like it just doesn't help you grow. You grow more in kind of uncomfortable situations sometimes where you're stretched, you're, where your perspectives are challenged, where you're um, around people that you maybe wouldn't normally want to hang out with. Like uh, that's what the church is. That's what the body of Christ calls us to is is being this this people called out from every tribe and tongue and nation, every age, every background. Uh, and it's uncomfortable and messy, but it's a beautiful thing and it's how we grow, I think. So I've seen that in my own life. Um, in our, our current church situation, it's been a different sort of church than Kira and I have ever gone to. And it's been stretching and uncomfortable at times, but it's also been immensely powerful as a place where we've grown. Uh, significantly. Now, you think that this consumerist kind of um, approach to church is actually dying, or at least it's past its peak. I mean, you speak about it as being like a, an attempt to uh, solve the, the Christianity's PR problem. I think you use that phrase. That hasn't really worked. Um, uh, is it really true that consumer religion is on the decline? Yeah, I mean, I think the um, where I see it on the decline is the fact that it's just there's not a lot of just cultural Christianity in America anymore. It used to be very easy to just kind of say yeah. you're a Christian and to go to right. church because everyone did. That's not the case anymore. Uh, Christianity as a whole is becoming more of a rare thing to, to do and to commit to. So the whole idea that churches can brand themselves as like just like very seeker-friendly and comfortable and consumer-friendly places, like it's just not working anymore because people are like, I don't need church. Like, why? Like, that's not a thing that is an important part of my life anymore. So I'm saying, why don't we just be honest about the cost of discipleship and, and the cross and, like, the aspects of church that we've kind of tried to hide and, and put under the rug in the past. And, and I think a lot of um, the whole PR problem, reactionary Christianity, is we're really afraid of some of those aspects of Christianity that don't go over well in our culture. And so we've tried to dress up Christianity, dress up the church in hip, cool packaging to maybe like distract people from those more uncomfortable aspects of the and, faith. And you're saying millennials are reacting away from that and, and are not attracted to that. But then they're going in another direction that's a kind of churchless um, a kind of a culture. Yeah. Uh, can you describe that for us? Yeah. So I think Yes, millennials don't like um, to be sold things. They're, they've been marketed to their whole lives, so I don't think they respond well to Christianity that's overtly trying to like trick them into something that it isn't. They also just more and more feel like they can be spiritual but not religious. They can have a, a relationship with Jesus, and they can be totally on board with Jesus uh, and, and some sort of isolated, individualistic Christian faith but they don't necessarily connect the church and being a part of a local church as an essential part of that. And, and this book is very much trying to say, yes, actually, you, you do need to have that church. That's where Christ wants you to grow. That's where he wants his mission to happen in the world is through the church. Um, so, yeah, I, I get sad when I see a lot of young people today who are genuinely um, passionate about Jesus, but they just haven't been able to make the local church a priority in their lives. And a lot of times what I see is this pattern of gradual disengagement from the local church that eventually transitions to um, 
disengagement from faith altogether. Right. And it's just right. kind of a natural progression. I think you describe this as a spiritual, non-religious, churchless I-faith. And then I love this little stab. It's not only unbiblical, it's bourgeois. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's the ultimate right. kind of... <laughs> that's the ultimate. Millennials don't want that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that's a big part of what I'm saying in the book is you know, a lot of young adults don't want to be consumeristic. They don't right. like that word. They don't want to be kind of middle-class suburban people who, who like idolize comfort. They want to be edgy and radical and they want to go against the grain. And actually I'm saying to, to go against the grain in today's world is to commit to church. Like it's not something that you do as a consumer. Like right. it's not comfortable. It's uncomfortable. It's difficult. It's not something that fits you perfectly. Um, so if you really want to be non-consumeristic, like the local church is a great way to, to live that out because you're not going to agree with everything that is said. You're not going to love the music choices. Maybe you're going to be around people that are awkward and hard to talk to, to have small talk with, but Hey, that's going to grow you because, um, we can choose everything in our lives. Like our iPhones, we can curate everything, every piece of media we want. We can curate to our liking. Um, so there's very little in the world today that stretches us naturally, but the church does. Well, I love the way that you say this. The church does not exist to meet our comfort zone preferences, but to destabilize them. Yes. And you've got a great quote from Bonhoeffer that I, I enjoyed. Mm. Those who love their dream of a church community more than they love the Christian community itself become destroyers of that Christian community, even though their personal intentions may be ever so honest and earnest and sacrificial. Yeah, Boy, that's really, quote. really powerful. Yeah. Now, you divide the book into two parts, uncomfortable faith and uncomfortable church. And under uncomfortable faith, I mean, you're speaking about issues like the cross, holiness, truth, um, where truth is hard and, and difficult for the culture to receive love the uncomfortable comforter on the Holy Spirit and uncomfortable mission. Maybe just pick up on, on, on one of these in the yeah. first part. Uncomfortable holiness. You talk about our obsession with brokenness. Yes. Yeah, that is a, a big problem, I think, in today's world. And it has to do with this um, value of authenticity. And we've kind of equated authentic with broken. And so even in the church, we relate to each other on this level of like, sharing our struggles and we're all so broken and we're in our, our small group Bible studies and we go around and commiserate about our, our brokenness and our struggles and that's authentic. That's We view that as the way we relate to each other and for millennials especially, I think they're reacting a lot against kind of the fake hypocritical yep. Christianity where maybe the pastor says one thing on the stage but then there's a scandal behind closed doors and so they don't want that yep. and so they really favor transparency and authenticity and there's value in that right there's some good things about that but I've seen it kind of move into this really unhealthy place where we don't value holiness because we're right. so comfortable yeah. in our authentic brokenness yeah. that no one's actually like excited and compelled by moving out of that. Yeah, like, sin's fine as long as it's in the open. Right, yeah. Yeah. right. I mean, once it's confessed no in the open, right. we just yeah. kind of stay there. Yes. But the Christian life is always movement forward, right? right. It's, it's kind of from Romans 7, the struggle with sin, to Romans 8, like right. new life in the spirit. And right. we need to always be moving forward and yet I see this comfort of authentic brokenness yeah. that's problematic. 
and you capture this uh, uh, trying to move beyond embracing each other in our failure and rather exhorting each other to some progress as yes. a, a more vigorous form of Christian fellowship. That's what it's intended to be. I love the phrase you have to that I think uh, captures this sanctification involves living in a way that often conflicts with what feels authentic. Yes. Oh, wow. I mean, that's a really counter-cultural yeah. statement. Yeah, no, it, it's a hard thing to hear because I think young people, like, they hate the idea of being fake or going through the motions. And, and I often tell them, like, actually, it's okay sometimes if you come to church and you're not feeling it, like, completely. Like, yeah. you may, it may feel fake. It may feel like you're going through the motions, but, like, still being there being present in the body like the spirit does something with that and you're grown regardless of whether you're feeling it on this emotional kind of passion level Um, so the whole idea of fake it till you make it like there's some truth to that in the christian life like just by committing to the disciplines of the christian life even if we're not always like feeling it at the same level is powerful it's how we're formed and and so much of, of Christian life is just positive formation yep. through the church because we're formed negatively in so many other aspects of the world today. Um, so we need the church is this counter formational community and, and half the battle is just showing up. I uh, heard and was very moved by a message of Dr. Philip Ryken, uh, president of Wheaton yes. College, where you studied, uh, where he gave personal testimony very movingly to a particularly dark time in his own life and having described the horrors of it. He said, I expect you might like to know what got me through. Mm. And he listed a number of things. And one of them was turning up at church yes. when I didn't feel like it. Yes, um, uh, he also mentioned intramural uh, mural football, which oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> too, yeah. keeping getting some exercise. I mean, it's right. a very practical thing. Yeah. But that was one of them to worship God irrespective of my feelings, because right. that was the problem. I feel. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that brings up a bigger issue with consumer Christianity, which is we make it all about how we're feeling. Yep. Like, how is it moving me? Is it connecting with me? Uh, is the sermon kind of moving me? And that is the wrong question to be asking when you go to a church. Like, the church is about us gathering together to build up each other, like to, to be to be the church on mission. Um, kind of Christ invites us into it, and it, He never promises to kind of make us happy and feel good. And yep. that happens, and that's a great benefit of of being part of a church. But it's uncomfortable sometimes, and that's a good thing. So the first half of the book is all about uncomfortable faith. The second half is all about uncomfortable church, and that covers uncomfortable people, diversity, mm-hmm. worship, mm-hmm. authority, unity, commitment, and uh, then you wrap it up with countercultural comfort. Um, yes. Let's just talk a little bit about this issue of uh, commitment. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you're writing to your generation, and you, you really open up the aversion towards commitment and especially long-term commitment, but then why commitment in the life of the church is so important? Yeah, I mean, I think commitment in the short term um, for for millennials, for young people, there's statistics that show like they stay in jobs for an average of three years right now. They're getting married at at lower rates and later in life. So they're just a commitment. Less homeownership. Less homeownership. They're they're fearful of long-term anything, being locked in. And I think that has to do with... um, this idea there's so many options like the internet age has opened up the world in so many ways so we're overwhelmed by options so to like choose one thing means we're foreclosing all these other options and we're those aren't available paths and it's just there's anxiety wrapped up in that like 
in a consumer society that's so full of choice, to, to choose one thing and to choose to commit to it for a long period of time means you're missing out on, and there's this whole term called fear of missing out, FOMO, which is kind of in the lexicon these days for millennials, and I think it's so true. So when it comes to church, it's a problem because you don't grow in your spiritual life by hopping around with like a two-year stint at this church and a, a one-year stint at a new hip church down the road and then maybe six months there and yeah. a few yeah. years there. Like um, you grow in anything by committing for a longer period of time. Um, and the longer you're kind of in a stable place in a, in a community that increasingly knows you well and has accountability and um, yeah, I think that's an important part of how you grow. And so I, I uh, lament when I see young people just kind of float around from place to place and they never really grow that much. Right. And it's right. not surprising that they don't. Right. Well, I think that the way you've put this book together is going to be an inspiration uh, to people to make commitment to the local church and to make commitment to a robust faith uncomfortable, the awkward and essential challenge of Christian community. Thanks so much for sparing us time um, uh, to talk about this. For more, check out unlockingthebible.org.